you guys, it's Rhiannon and welcome back to the Unspoken Something podcast. Once again, I'm recording this podcast so late because I am a, I'm an A1 procrastinator. So basically this week, we're just going to get right into it by the way, this week we're going to be talking about therapy and you know, the subject being spoken about in black households and other and you know, all the other great things that come with that. So basically, the way that this came about was I was sitting, you know, in my room on a Tuesday night thinking about what I was going to write, thinking about what I was going to talk about even in this podcast, being like, I had no clue, like, what I was going to speak about at all, like, no idea. And then um, I was like, you know what, this week I want to talk about something that's going to, like, roll off the tongue, something that's, like, quite natural, but I do want to have notes and I do want to do a lot of research for this one because it's been a while since I've actually sat down and done a lot of research for a podcast. So I was like, you know what, let's do that this week. So I did a lot of research. I read a lot of articles about this and I don't know what, I don't know, randomly just the topic of therapy came to mind and I was like, you know what, that is 100% what we have to do this episode about. And here I am today um, talking to you guys about therapy. So... Um, basically, should we just get into it? I mean, I don't really know how to segue that into the beginning, but, well, therapy is, like, a very, very broad topic. There's a lot of things to cover and a lot of things to talk about if you're going to be talking about therapy, like, all the different types and all the different everything. I'm just kind of talking about it as a thing, not as, like, you know, the different sections and different types of therapy that you can get you know I'm kind of just talking about it in the broad sense that everybody knows it to be and I think that a lot of people when they hear therapy or like hear somebody say oh yeah I go to therapy they have to they automatically assume that something is wrong with that person and I'm guilty of doing this as well like a long time ago before I really knew about it I kind of thought like oh therapy you know what's like going on like da 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 like you always just assume that like there must be something going on in that person's life or there must be something wrong and that's the reason why they're going but really and truly that's not the case like it's loads of people go there simply just to go and it's a really good like checkup you know gives you somebody to talk to that's not in your life I think that's probably the best thing that happens because I know that loads of people can relate to this let's say for example it's not the same thing, but for example, let's say a lot of people would rather perform in front of a million strangers than their sibling or their mum. See, I feel like I'd be 100% more comfortable like singing a song, let's say, in front of millions and millions of strangers than singing in front of like my mum, my sister, because they're like, those are people that I care about and like, I value their opinion more, I guess. So probably talking to a therapist for a lot of people is a lot easier than talking to people actually in their lives because it's kind of like you're not going to see your therapist in your daily life they're there just to hear about your problems and that is kind of where the relationship draws the line so um I got this analogy from is it is it an analogy I don't really know if it's an analogy I got this like thing from my sister um I'm sure she's heard it from other people as well though um that like we go to the doctors to get to check our bodies and like stuff like that. We go to the opticians to check our eyes. We go to the dentist to check our teeth like regularly. You know, we go up for checkups all the time. So why do we not get checkups on our brain? You know, checkups on our mind. You know, we do we do that for everything else, but we don't do it for our brains. And I would I would probably 
argue and say that like that's the most important one out of all of them you know fair enough you need to go and check your eyes you know you need to go and make sure that they're doing all right um <coughs> sorry guys i have a cough i'm gonna try and edit them out but like i have a really bad cough and talking in long like long time long long periods of time at a time is like making my voice dry for some reason and it's just making me cough i don't know yeah so i don't understand so why would you not go to the doctor's for your mind is what I don't understand. So basically, this is where I'd got to with the talking points just about therapy, right? And then I kind of all of a sudden just started to go down this loophole of like, oh my gosh, what if I were to talk about like black households and therapy? You know, because I feel like therapy is something that like obviously everybody can talk about. But um to kind of put, like, my sort of perspective on it and, like, a deeper perspective and, like, a deeper meaning, I guess, to this podcast, I thought that this would be a good idea. So you may or may not know, if you're not part of one, then you probably wouldn't have even... This probably wouldn't have even crossed your mind. But in a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of black households, therapy is, like, very, very taboo. It's not something that people talk about and it's not something that people, like, really believe in, I guess you could say... And it's, you know, I, it's, you know what, it simply just comes down to the fact that a lot of our parents and and their parents, you know, they, um, they just didn't grow up with any type of therapy in that sense, especially if they didn't grow up in a Western country and they grew up in the places that we're from, they, they kind of just got on with everything that they did and they kind of learnt their lessons in a different way. Um, they never really went to somebody... I mean, I don't know, because I was never there, but they... I just know that, you know, living in, for example, somewhere in Africa is very... obviously going to be very different to living in America or living in the UK of some sort, because it's just... that it's We're just a lot more open about talking about our feelings here, I think. And that goes for a lot of um, places that are coming to mind right now. So it seems... So, yeah, so a lot of, pe- a lot of like, black parents in that would see it as um, quite extra, kind of like, oh, you're fine, like, saying to their child... And it may not be, like, the healthiest... Well, it's not the healthiest thing. I'll admit that right now. But they will kind of just see it as, like, oh, it's unnecessary... Or, oh, you're just being extra, you're fine, just deal with it, like, just stop it, like, stop crying, it's not going to solve anything, da 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 Things like that. And th- those were loads of things that I was told when I was younger a lot of the time. Not all the time, because obviously, like, I still had people to talk to in my household being, like... I feel like it's weird saying my household. I guess you could, I'd, I'd just say, like, my family. I had loads of people to talk to in my family, and I still do. Like, and... But at the same time it was kind of this thing where um, a lot of the time I was taught to kind of be like, you should be grateful for what you have, don't focus on what you don't have, or, you know, after you cry, nothing's going to change, so just stop crying. And as much as I am grateful that that has made me, like, quite a strong person now, and I am and I feel like I'm quite good at almost, like, I, I wouldn't say dealing with my emotions well, because, yes, I can compose okay this is a good way to put it I'm I'm quite good at composing myself when I need to but when it does come to actually having to show my feelings and my true feelings I'm not very good at it like I'm not good at telling people how I feel I'm not good at expressing when I'm sad about something I would just kind of hold it in 
until I can't deal with it myself any longer and then I'll just have a breakdown and then it just becomes a cycle. I never really sit down and actually talk about what's happening and it just kind of overflows a little bit. And I think a lot in a lot of previous episodes as well, I kind of got, um, I, I was talking about how I, did I, did I talk about this? I don't know. Well, if you don't know, I had a therapist and um, I didn't have her for very long actually. Um, but, uh, you know, I wasn't very good at the therapy process, I guess you could say, because talking about my feelings and things like that was very daunting for me. She would always ask like, oh yeah, is there anything you'd like to add? And I'd just be like, um, um, no. Uh, even if there was something that was like really, really, I was really struggling with because I'm just not good at expressing my feelings, which is, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, anyways. Yeah, so, yeah, so it is a cultural thing. I think it is definitely a cultural thing because they didn't grow up with it, so they're just not going to see it as necessary. It's kind of a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, I grew up my whole life without therapy and I turned out fine, da-da-da. But I think a lot of our parents' problems are, like, deeply rooted and they don't realise that they have them. Um, A lot of, like, older parents, they kind of... They don't realise the types of problems that they have... And I can't speak for everybody because that would just, that's obviously not going to be accurate, but I can say 100% that there are a lot of um, black parents out there who kind of just never were taught that talking about your emotions is okay. And they, um, especially uh, like the men, they kind of think that they have to be quite powerful and quite strong and brave and not cry and I think that goes for every single culture and every race and everything like that but specifically in this culture where they were never taught that talking about your emotions is okay and then on top of that you also have to be that um stereotypical strong um brave boy that's protecting the whole family and doing all this you know I mean so yeah they they just don't see it as worthwhile they don't see it as anything that's going to be helpful and it is true Oh, no, I mean, well, there, there's, like, some truth to it. There's some tr- Wait, do I even know what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah, I do know what I'm talking about. See, when I say that there is some truth to that, truth to that, let me talk properly, babe. Um, some people have gone to therapy for years and years and years and years and years, and nobody's problems are going to be, and don't take this the wrong way, but no one's problems are going to be, like, fixed, or nobody's problems, that there is, like, no fix for your problem if that makes sense like you can make things better well maybe there are some fixes to some problems maybe maybe that's out of turn to say that maybe but definitely for some things like if it's something that you're going to be dealing with for the rest of your life or something like that there's no one day where all of a sudden it's just going to completely be gone I feel like a lot of the time things are in the back of our minds and we just kind of learn to suppress them and not actually suppress is the wrong word we don't want to suppress our feelings. That's what we don't want to do. We want to bring them to the surface and deal with them at, properly. That's, I don't know, I don't know what the word is for that. But I think we learn to just manage them, I guess. We learn to um, get over them. Because I guess that's the only thing that you really can do. Yeah, so anyway, more on to the um, black cultures. And I will talk about... Well, I can only really speak for black households and black, like, cultures because I know the way that we are because I am 
black, shocker. Um, <laughs> uh, but I know that this goes for um, uh, Asian cultures, minority, like any minority group. And this could go for anyone, but I just know that it's like more common in these groups of people. I hope that that's like not offensive or anything like that. But anyway, yeah, so you would think that um, you would think that more of these minority groups of people, minority communities would go to therapy. You would think that they'd be the ones that would go to therapy because if you think about it really and truly, this may not have affected you personally and you may not be able to put it into perspective, but think about how much, and I'm, it's gonna get deep for a second, I apologize, Think about, like, actually think about how badly racism affects people. Like, it is horrible. Everybody knows it's a horrible thing. There's there's literally, I read, like, a statistic saying that racism and inequalities... Yeah, so it shows that, like, statistic. Bro, speak normally. A statistic shows that the mental health... Mental health can be more affected. Like, the mental health of these people like minority groups can be more affected because of racism and all these things. So it's it's kind of strange that these people wouldn't more likely go to more therapy to get over the things that they go through. But it's it's just backwards. The world is just so backwards and strange and weird and I don't know how that works. Because see, it's kind of like a never ending cycle how we're going through all of these problems and so are our parents and so are our like grandparents and great 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 parent grandparents um and we all go through the same thing and we kind of just learn to deal with it you know we go through this horrible thing where you've been called a horrible name or you've experienced some type of injustice and you just kind of just go oh i'm used to it how bad is that like you actually just sit there and go yeah i'm used to it as if you are accepting the fact that somebody has just said a racist remark like, right in front of your face, and all you have to, you, all you can do is just ignore it. Like, I just it baffle. It doesn't even baffle me, you know. It's not surprising, but yeah, it's just crazy that that is a thing and that that is something that people struggle with, and that it's not dealt with as well as it could be because these people that are suffering these issues don't statistically go to therapy as much as other race groups do i don't know if that i really hope that what i'm saying is making sense um so i wrote here even though that's true loads of people have a problem with putting all of these people into one group um yeah so elaborating on that the um the group that i'm talking about is like BAME. Is it BAME? I, I never refer to it like that because I find that so, so, so just cringe and ugh. Um, BAME, I'm pretty sure it stands for Black, Asian and other minority ethnicities, other minority something. Other my Black is the B, Asian is the A, minority is the M. What's the E? It must be eth ethnicity ethnic i don't know what it means i'm sorry i don't use that term ever um but yeah some people do struggle with putting these people into one group because a lot of the time their struggles are all very individual so putting them all into one massive group is kind of like yeah we have experienced some of the same things but at the same time we also do all have our own issues so please do not 
categorise us into one box, you know, there are enough boxes to go around for all of us, you know, basically, kind of like that. So, um, some t- I cannot say that word, save my life, ever. It's never just flowing of me just saying that word, is it? I, some statistics that I read and researched about is that um, this is to, like showing why people don't want all minority groups in the same category when it comes to therapy. Black men are more likely to have experienced a psychotic disorder in the last year than white men. Black people are four times more likely to be detained under the Mental Health Act than white people. Older South Asian women are an at-risk group for suicide. Refugees and asylum seekers are more likely to experience mental health problems than the general public, including higher rates of depression, anxiety and PTSD. Irish people in live Irish people living in the UK, while not included as a BAME group, yeah, it's good that they included that actually, um, <laughs> have much higher hospital admission rates for mental health problems than other ethnic groups. They have higher rates of depression and alcohol problems and are at greater risk of the S word about unaliving. I should have really put a trigger warning, I apologise. And that is kind of why people don't and not just about therapy, this is about like anything and everything in the world. Um, you can't put all of these people into one category because they're not all the same. It's kind of just proving the point where like there's different people within that group that all experience very different things. And this doesn't mean that people that aren't that aren't that weren't in the list that I just read don't experience other issues due to mental health or like experience other problems, you know. But it is it is kind of a thing where it's like these people don't get the support that maybe they needed. It's kind of like this downward spiral where it's like these people experience these problems and then they go on to have other issues because of their mental health issues that they weren't able to resolve earlier in life or they went undiagnosed or, you know, they know, never really had anyone to speak to and whatever happened just got worse. So, one, they experience poverty and homelessness. They do less They do less well at school. They can become unemployed. They can be in contact with the criminal justice system and they can face challenges accessing services. So, um, yeah, there's that. I did write in brackets to elaborate on that, but there's pretty much no- nothing to elaborate on. That's That's just... The hard facts, that is the facts. <laughs> uh, I feel like this is just kind of like all over the place. Anyway, back to therapy though. So people in that community, I'm just, I, I'm sorry. I just cannot go on to keep saying the BAME community because it's just so cringe. Just know that I'm talking about like minority groups and mainly black households because that's what I know best. Um. I think, yeah, they just, I think they just struggle to speak about their problems and things like that because um, they either like, okay, I'm going to go through all of these and kind of just talk about my opinions on them because I did copy and paste these and I think I'll just elaborate on each one. So, so one of the reasons why people in, or black children, I'll just say, struggle to talk about mental illness or mental health is because the whole topic, like, the whole, like, not scenario, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, the whole subject is just, it was just never talked about. It was just stigmatised. It was, big words, Rhiannon. It was just stigmatised and it was just kind of never talked about. So you don't actually 
recognize that there is an issue going on because you've never been exposed to people telling you that, you know, you could, and I'll just use this as one example, you could be suffering with like really bad depression, for example, and you know, you have all the symptoms of it, you know that you're feeling just not good and you know that you shouldn't be feeling this sad, but for some reason you never really educated yourself or never got educated on what it feels like to feel like that. So when you are feeling like that, I said feel a lot of times in that sentence, sorry. But when you are feeling like that, it's kind of like, you don't realize that there's really an, a problem there and you think, oh, I'll get better or you know anything like that. But I think a lot of the time you do need someone to talk to. And in these households where you never really had that, it's very hard to get out of that spiral. And it kind of just gets worse and worse and worse because there's nobody to talk about your issues with. So, oh, oh my God, I sound so ill. What is going on? Anyway, another thing is, another thing due to the fact that people don't talk about it is like you, you just don't know that there's people out there that are willing to listen to you. I think, I think we kind of take for granted the fact that we like even have the chance to, and maybe not everybody listening, but I would hope so, that like we just have the opportunity to just go to therapy. Do you know what I mean? Like not everybody actually has that opportunity to do that. So I think sometimes I do forget that people living in other places where maybe therapy isn't as big of a thing, they don't even know that there are people out there literally trained to listen to your problems and like help you get better. Like some people just don't know that those people exist, which is crazy because they literally studied their whole lives for this and they will give you probably the best help that you could ask for. But you know, sometimes a therapist isn't always the best answer. Like sometimes talking to just like a family member or a friend is so much helpful for a person than going to a professional. But knowing that professionals are there if there's no one in your life that you would want to talk to is so helpful. And I never, ever, 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 it never even crossed my mind at the fact that some people don't even know that they exist, which is really unfortunate and sad. And I would like to hope that everyone at least has one person to talk about when they're feeling a little bit down. Um, another one that is written here is language barriers, which is another thing that I did not even think of. Um, it must be hard for people that, you know, when English isn't their first language and they don't really know English that well, to be able to speak to somebody or, you know, even go to a therapist who will understand what they're trying to say. Because a lot of the, it can be hard. Imagine me going to Spain right now, talking to a Spanish therapist who only knew how to speak Spanish. Like, I would be screwed because, you know, bro, I, I even take Spanish for GCSE. Okay, let's say French then, because I don't know, like, one word of French. I'm going to a French therapist, like, trying to talk about, like, it's just, it's just not easy at all. It's, I feel like eventually you could get your point across, but it just, it, it, that it's just not going to work. You kind of have to be able to have that communication because that's kind of the whole point of the therapy. You have a communication and a good connection with that person. Yeah, so another thing is that... Oh, I didn't know this, actually. See, I'm re literally reading my notes for the first time here. You guys were both getting, like, a blind reaction right now. Um, so sometimes, if you hear me, like, ever buffering through the mic that's probably that's why because sometimes like when I do this research I try to keep myself on my toes a little bit so all of my thoughts aren't 
from when I was writing it down so that by the time it's time to record the podcast, all of my original thoughts are just out of my brain. Sometimes I don't read what I've written until it's time to actually record because then all of my thoughts are fresh. But here it says, like, some people would turn to their family or friends rather than a professional support, um, especially people who don't trust formal healthcare. So I never thought about this, but I do... See, I, I'm trying to think if there's anyone in my family like this. I don't think there is, but a lot of the time when something bad has happened in your life before, when you're supposed to trust the... Oh, my gosh, I'm so dumb. I just thought of an amazing example that probably every black person could relate to. I'm so dumb. I'm sorry. When I say it, you are going to be like, oh, my God, Rhiannon, how could you forget? Um, so... What it says at the end here, especially for people who don't trust formal healthcare services, and you may be like, oh my gosh, why would people not trust healthcare services to, you know, help me with my healthcare? You know, it's a healthcare service. But it's very hard to trust people that are of higher power when a lot of bad things have happened to us simply just for the way that we are or the way that we look. Take, for example, the fat example that I just forgot, the police. Yeah, um, the police are supposed to be people that protect us and save us from danger. And a lot of the time, especially recently, they've been the ones that have been inflicting the pain and inflicting the danger on us when it should literally be a 180. Like, it should literally be the opposite of that. And um, now, a lot of... And f for years, actually, a lot of black people and probably other people too, but especially, specifically, who I'm talking about, like, a lot of black people wouldn't have trusted or still don't trust police to have their best interest at heart ever because it's almost like the second that they see you, they see you as a criminal or they see you as somebody who is capable of putting you themselves in danger, so they kind of just hold their guard up. So I think a lot of the time when it comes to... Um, when it comes to maybe therapy, especially like the same way that it like that it applies to police, some people may not have their full trust in any system to do with the government or any system that has some type of power over you because they won't have your best interest at heart, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And I totally understand that. Another thing that I kind of was enlightened on just now because I never would have thought about that. I genuinely genuinely even forgot about the police thing because I think a lot of the time when I see things like that even though it's devastating I kind of just laugh it off because not actually laugh but I kind of just laugh it off because it's kind of like my coping mechanism at that point it's just so dreadful and horrendous and if I don't laugh I'll cry basically is what I'm like is what would happen so I kind of just like oh yeah and it sounds almost as if I don't care for the thing that's happened, but, oh, trust me, I do care a lot. And it's just it's just so horrible to see. And it, I just, the, at this point, don't know what else to say. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. And I, I've been shocked that I even forgot about that. I just kind of blank it out of my memory, to be honest. But that makes total sense that people wouldn't trust professionals, which is horrible because... There are obviously so many amazing people out there who aren't bad um, 
and they kind of have to suffer the consequences of being labelled as this horrible person because of their colleagues making it seem that way when it shouldn't be that way. And then you kind of just can't trust anybody, which is quite mean. And it's quite rude. It's quite, it's, it's quite, it's quite mean. Um, yeah, uh, another thing is financial barriers. So as you may know that having like private counselling or having a private therapist is mad expensive. You kind of most of the time have to pay by the session um, or pay by the hour or whatever. And it is very expensive for a therapist. Like for a therapist, I don't know how much a therapist should cost, but it is very expensive. And as we briefly, not really, as we kind of talked about before, and as you may be aware of, um, it is quite likely that, oh, Miss Girl, that was like a burp that I like kind of held in. Held in. Um, it's uh, financial barriers. It's kind of a big thing for uh, minority groups because they um, aren't always given the best education. They're not like they're not given opportunities to go to good schools and therefore not given opportunities to get good jobs and therefore not given the opportunity to make good money. Um, and I'm not saying that in a, in a way that like, oh, no, people in minority groups make money like or make good money because that's obviously not true. I would sound pretty dumb if I actually believed that. But I am saying that like it is a lot harder for people in those groups to rise to the top, top of the chain because of the way that they look or because of their background. So, um, yeah, I do think that the financial barriers is another thing where it's like, it's kind of another domino effect where it's like, oh yeah, they, they don't have good schools, so they don't make good money, they don't get good jobs, so they don't make good money, and therefore they can't really afford the counselling, and then they kind of, you know, have no one to talk to once again. Um, another thing, and I wanted to give a cute little anecdote for this one. Um, uh, the last, like, statistic that I had for... Um, like these for minority groups not really going to therapy or not knowing about it or whatever, is that they don't really feel like they're listened to or they don't feel understood by their therapist or by their healthcare professional. And I 100% understand and like get this because when I had a therapist, I did a consultation um, before I actually started with the person that it was going to be with. And they give you just, like, some random person, I think, who um, they think can help you or whatever. I don't know how it works, to be honest. And you just have a consultation over the phone. And um, I don't know. My mum knows me very well, I think. She just knows me better than I know myself. Because when I said that... Because I said to my mum that I wanted to get a therapist. And she was like, okay, cool. So she sorted it all out for me. And... When I first started it, I don't think I ever actually said this to her because it just, whenever I thought to say it, it just, I just kind of forgot about it and never brought it up. But when it came around to the time of when I was going to meet my therapist, I was just kind of like, oh my God, I want my therapist to be black and I want it to be a black woman because I think that she'll just, even though I may not be talking about any race issues, if it ever were to come up or if it ever were to link back to something like that, I just think that she would have a perspective that maybe a white person wouldn't get or, you know, maybe if some of my issues were rooted in race and I didn't actually realise that, then 
it's not really something that they would pick up on because I know that a lot of the time, and this is just me talking for myself, not talking for the black community at all, because that's what gets you in trouble. We don't all think the same. Personally, in my opinion, a white person can be as much of an ally as they want, you know, great, amazing, um, they're anti-racism, everything like that. But there's just some there's just some understanding that they would just never understand. That they would just there's just some things they'll just they'll just never understand. It's as simple as that. They you we can all be sitting in the same room and we can be feeling as a black person, we can be feeling the div- division. You can we can feel the divide of some sort of thing going on in the room. And I feel like a lot of the time a white person wouldn't pick up on it because it's not something they've lived with their whole lives. It's not something that they'll ever experience. It's not something that they'll ever really understand. So, like, that's in the best way that I can put it. So when my mom did get me a black therapist, I was like, oh, my gosh, thank God, because I feel like she's just going to understand me in a way that maybe other people wouldn't have. Um, So, yeah, that's definitely true where um, a lot of minority groups may not feel like they're being listened to by their therapist because the therapist simply does and it's not their fault like at all it's really not their fault it's just as simple as the fact that they don't understand you know you might meet somebody who doesn't have an arm you know they they only have one arm you can empathize you can sim no you can sympathize i think empathize means you can put them in your you can put yourself in their shoes sympathize means you can feel bad right i don't know you can you can feel bad for them and you can you know almost understand that having one arm is harder than having two you know but you'll never really understand the true day-to-day life and all the thoughts that they feel because they have one arm because you have two arms you you don't know how that feels that's like the best way that I can like say it because you're you're looking at them right now seeing oh they have one arm that's very sad very unfortunate Obviously, their life is going to be a lot harder than mine. But you can't sit there and say that you understand what they're going through because you don't. So, yeah, basically, when I got a black therapist, I was very happy because I feel like she just understood me in a way that really did help me out a lot, a lot of the time. So then this got me thinking when I read that statistic, I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to know right now um, how many what percentage of therapists are white because I thought about this I was like I feel like the majority of therapists are white I feel like that is a thing um I did not think that it this number the the oh my god I can't speak I did not think that the number would be this big though I'm not gonna lie to you um over 77 percent of therapists are white with the other 26 percent consisting of all the other races combined so it's not even like oh yeah this percent are um like 26% are black or 20% are Asian, you know, 26% in total, including all groups of people that aren't white. So that is every single other race all put into the 26% while the other 70% are white. Like how crazy, that number is so, so high. And I saw some other websites and other articles saying up to like 86% of therapists and psychologists and everything like that are white while the other percentages all minority groups combined together which is oh oh my god it's bad like it's insane and I was telling my mum this and she was like yeah I'm not shocked and I was like oh damn okay sure see the thing is quite honestly I'm not shocked either 
I'm not shocked that the number is higher than the 26%. I'm just shocked that the number was this high. Like, I didn't think it was going to be 50-50, but I thought, like, surely all white people, but then all other race, like, all other race, not even just one, like, all of them, like, surely the number has to be a bit lower than 77. But obviously I was proven wrong, which is insane. So I would think that, like, and this is another phrase that I hate, so I'll be saying it once, you will never hear me say it again. I think that, oh, it's so cringe to say it around and get over it. I think that um, a lot of people of colour, oh, it's so cringe, I don't know why people say that. Um, I don't, I think that a lot of people of colour would benefit from getting a therapist of the same race as them because it would just simply... It, they will show you a different perspective, you know, than a white therapist who may not understand everything that you're going through. Um, and I did think about why it is that more white people go into therapy. And I think that, first of all, I'll give you a little scenario. So you're seeing the stereotypical African family, African parents, they want their child to grow up to be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, something like that. So now their child has come to them saying that they want to want to be a doctor, but they want to be like a psychologist or a therapist. I feel like a lot of African parents would be like, um, that's not a real doctor. You know, that's not a real, I want you to be a brain surgeon, heart surgeon, da 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 um, Which is probably one of the reasons why there's not as many, you know, other group uh, <laughs> therapists, because it's not really like I've been saying in this whole podcast, that it's a very taboo and it's a very it's a very taboo subject. So it's it's not gonna be something that loads of kids are going to wanna go into because they never get told about that profession. So they don't know that it's a field that they can actually learn about. And then the other thing that I thought of was that maybe there is people out there are people out there that really did want to be a therapist or really do want to be a therapist and they are from a black household and they simply just don't have the funding to go to schools that have a good course for what they need to learn or you know they're just simply not given the right opportunities because a lot of the time it does come to maybe not when it comes to like actual work but a lot of things come to luck you can have all the talent in the world, you can have all the skills in the world, but a lot of things in life do go down to luck. And if you don't have that luck, then unfortunately, sometimes things don't go your way. And they're not, black people aren't given as much opportunities as other people are. So, you know, those opportunities would more likely go to another person who is white and they would therefore become that th- th- stereo, that hypocritical, not hypocritical, theoretical, that's the one, theoretical um, therapist that we're talking about here. Um, yeah, so I did write for the, like, to round off this podcast to talk about my experience with a therapist, but I did kind of already incorporate that earlier, so I'm not going to go on about it again, and I think I have talked about it multiple times previously. So I think I'm just going to end the podcast here. Um, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I did enjoy researching about it. I think that, like, as I was talking through it, I kind of tried to make it a lot more natural and not sound like I was reading statistics to you. So I did still want to make it feel kind of 
unpolished, if that makes sense. I do like this the thought of my podcast kind of being like quite raw and unpolished and, you know, seem quite, you know, maybe as if there should be a mistake there, but it's not a mistake or something like that. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say, but I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I love you all. Thank you so much for sticking around till the end. This was a longer um, episode that we've like that I've had in quite a while. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure, not make sure to like this video because it's not a video, babe. I hope you have an amazing week, an amazing month, an amazing year. Um, check out my previous podcasts if you like podcast episodes, if you haven't listened to them already. Share it with your friends, with like, you know, if you want, that would be great. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for getting to the end, and I will see you guys next week with a new episode of Unspoken Something. Bye, guys.